0: To the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntlybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. You know that in the Bible times it wasn't only Christians who got baptized, but everybody who got baptized for whatever reason it always marked a fresh start. It's a ritual that, that comes from before Christianity, but it always meant starting again. If we think about sin, you know, Christians talk about sin, don't they? And other people out there, they don't talk much about sin unless they're mocking us. That's the reason they do it, to mock the Christians. And sometimes I think we need to think, what, what is sin? You know, it's murder. You know, there's the stealing, isn't there? There's cheating on your partner. That's sin. Harassment, answering back to your mum, telling a little white lie. Parking in the, the disabled spot when you're not really meant to? That's, those are sins, aren't they? But if we, if we tried to make a list, we'd be here all day and I've been told I'm not allowed to and we'd end up having an argument. Mother Teresa, I'm told, says, don't do anything you know is wrong. That's a pretty good start, isn't it? Don't do anything you know is wrong. I thought, oh, I've got to remember that. That's good. Paul wrote to the Romans. He said this. He said, all have sinned And fall short of the glory of God. I want you to imagine that we had a church archery contest, and uh, you get a wonderful prize if you hit the bullseye, you see. And first up is Jermaine. Bang! She just misses the bullseye by that much. Then up gets Nicole. Twang! She just glances off the side of the target, you know, and then on we go from bad to worse. Adam misses the target, hits the tree, you know. Rob misses the tree and hits the back fence. Iris is so busy talking to Lynette that she hits the wonderful prize by accident. Janet Janet does it a bit short, and it hits the ground. Murray, Murray, um, he fumbles with the stringy thing he goes in. The, the arrow falls on his foot. But that wasn't my tent, yes, Murray, only one turn. And Jeremy reads the parnoy wrong. He ends up at the gun club instead of the archery club. Now, out of all that stuff, how many people, who, or who is the person who wins the wonderful prize? No one wins the wonderful prize because no one hit the bullseye. Now, I use the word target, but actually the bullseye was the target, wasn't it? Now, God says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we could argue, we could say, but I got closer than you did. And Christians could say, I don't sin as bad as you did. But it's not really the point, is it? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is this glory of God? What is this thing we're aiming for? Well, Jesus said, this is a good summary. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And see, if you look at yourself, if I look at me and I go, do I love the Lord my God with all my heart? You know, I've got a heart after God. My heart wants to serve God. But all of it, all of it, Uh uh-uh. some bits are a bit tacky. Some bits I wouldn't really want you to know about. See, selfishness is still in there, to be honest. i meant to love the Lord my God with all my soul. I don't even know what that means, so I, I imagine I don't. I'm meant to love my God with all my mind. Well, my mind spends a lot of time thinking about how can I help people? How can I come up with solutions? How can I share the love of God in my community? My mind spends a lot of time on that. But not all of it's time. Sometimes it's wandering off doing dumb stuff. I have bad thoughts. I have dumb thoughts. My mind wastes some of its time. What about you love the Lord your God with all your strength? All your strength. All your physical strength. All your financial resources. All your special skills you have. All your sexual energy. All your time. All your screen time. All your money. You see, all have sinned and fallen short. Because I'm not, I'm not dissing you guys, but we haven't made it, have we? We're not that good. So that's sin. The Bible says that sin is a falling short of God's ideal. We were made in the image of God. And sometimes you can see that in yourself and other people. That person is acting just like God would act. But other times we know we don't. We've fallen short of the glory of God. Today I'm going to unpack briefly two wrong beliefs about sin, and here they are. Number one wrong belief, sin doesn't matter. I want you to picture a mafia funeral. There's a $15,000 mahogany coffin, one of those arch-toppy ones with half of it up like that, and here's Mr. Big lying down in the coffin. Around him are these big broad guys in the black suits with the shades, and uh, This man in his coffin has spent his whole life bringing misery. He's killed men, leaving widows and orphans. He's peddled drugs that have ruined people's lives. He's left misery behind him. And behind him, just behind the big guys in the suits, is a man in a black outfit. He is saying some stuff in Latin. It's a karakia. And if you went there and asked one of the guys, what's happening here? He said, well, this, this is the, the priest is doing last rites. He's preparing this man to enter the afterlife. He said, but his whole life was full of selfishness and hatred. And then they, the, the mafia guy says, ah, yes. He says, but God is forgiveness, yeah? He forgives us. And the priest is doing this karakia to make sure that God forgives all his sins. This is not a biblical picture. It's not true that sin doesn't matter. Sin does matter sometimes we see this thing in our local community not quite the mafia thing but i want you to picture this we're having a lunch and a a teenage girl says hey hang on you fellas we should bless the food oh yep so off come all the hats we bless the food and and then the hats go back on we eat the food and that teenage girl walks out the door and in the next week she yells at her mum she wags school she steals something from price cutters and friday night she drinks too much and ends up in bed with her besties boyfriend all right What happens is next weekend, the next time we have some food, hey, you fellas, we bless the food. There's a whole disconnect between the way people um, think of religious stuff and what they actually do. And sin does matter. And when that teenage girl becomes a grandmother, because we've been long enough around to see it happen, she's still the same. She does pray to God, but her life is disconnected with what God would have. It's not God's ideal. It's not God's best. Some people, uh, in Mark 7, Jesus quotes Isaiah and he says, you know, God says, this people honours me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Some people have suggested this is good. They say, oh, if we sin lots, God can forgive us lots. And then he's glorified, isn't he? This is not a biblical idea. Paul says to the Romans, shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? No way. Why not? In Isaiah 59 it says Your iniquities That's the wrong things you do Your iniquities have made a separation Between you and your God Do you want to be separated from God? I don't, do you? Then don't sin Don't do anything you know is wrong Sin does matter Paul says in Romans When he writes to Romans He says the wages of sin is death In other words What sin pays out is death And as I've got older, I've seen a different meaning in that than what I used to think. What I find is, if we do the things we know are wrong and we keep doing them, something starts to die. I'm not saying that your body drops dead, but a part of you starts to die. It's the part of you that relates to God. It's the part of you that's in the image of God. It begins to die from a lack of nourishment. And as time goes on, I said, we could call this the spirit man. We could call this your spiritual side. But as that starts, that ta begins to wither, then you will hear less and less from God. Some people wake up, they go, I've drifted away from God and I didn't even know it was happening. And other people don't say that because they don't even notice because that side of them has died. You don't want to die to God, so don't sin. Don't do things you know are wrong. Sin does matter. The Bible's very plain on us. It says we're to die to sin. That's pretty straight up, isn't it? So when sin comes knocking on the door, ain't nobody answering. A few weeks ago, Joslyn, who usually comes here, had an interesting experience, a nasty experience next door when a man came through and he started yelling and cussing at her. And, and it was very unpleasant. Nobody likes that. But when we unpacked it later, Joslyn and me talking about it, she said one thing she noticed. She said, I didn't react at all. I didn't yell and swear back. And it wasn't an effort. It wasn't like, oh, I mustn't yell and swear back. She noticed that that part of her, that part that wanted to yell and swear back, had withered and died. The Bible says die to sin. And what happens in the end, you can look at something and say, that used to tempt me. I would have done this. But now I don't even feel like doing it. And when that happens, please be happy, because God's working a wonder in you. We need, don't we, to encourage ourselves. Sometimes we put ourselves down, oh, I'm a bit of a dummy, you know, but sometimes you can turn around and say, actually, God is doing something. I wasn't like that. Be happy, eh? And when you see it happening in other people, say, you know how you used to be? You would have, but not this time. Wrong belief number two, there's no cure for sin. A couple of weeks ago, Jemaine and I were sitting down with an older woman, older than Jemaine, obviously, not me, and... And this lady started to talk about her life. She was a nice woman, a respectable woman. And she said, you know, a lot of things have gone wrong in my life. I had a business, but it, it, it failed. I owned a home, but I lost it. My family uh, have cheated me, and now we don't get along. And all of this loss in my life, and I know why it is, said this lady, it's because of my sin. It's because of my sin. If I didn't sin, if I was good enough, it wouldn't have happened. And Jermaine and I are looking at each other going, hang on a minute, didn't somebody do something about sin? And I and said to this lady, did you know that the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost? I said to this lady, she goes, oh, no, that was then. It finished in 1988. The church is in a new era. I'm looking for the true church, she says. You know, a church is a college, a college that teaches us how to be good enough for God. And Jermaine and I are sort of there, hmm. Sad because the lady couldn't really hear what we were saying. Because our church isn't a college. And I told her that. I said, our church isn't a college. It's a family. We have our ups and downs. When we're down, somebody will pick us up. We share things. Sure, we meant to learn to be good and please God. But the main point is we're in a whanau. There is a cure for sin. In John, in one john, that's a letter written by John, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What does confess mean? It means that we confess that it was a sin, that's what. We confess it as a sin. No excuses, no sort of, yeah, I know I shouldn't have yelled at that fellow, but he started on, he was really grumpy. None of that, all right? Yeah, I know, I know I shouldn't have kept that thing, but she didn't notice it was even missing. None of that. It wasn't all my fault. She, no, no. We just say, it was wrong. I shouldn't have yelled at that fella." End of story. I'm sorry. We answer for our own actions. Now, you might say, why should I do that? Because it's powerful. When we confess our sins, he's merciful and just. To forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that worth fessing up for? Yeah, I reckon. A young leader came to see me and he said, Jeremy, last week I got drunk. And I knew I, sh- I knew I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't have got drunk. And God told me to come and tell you. Okay, I said, I'm glad you did. And you are forgiven. You are forgiven because you have confessed that it was a sin. He didn't say, oh, look, it wasn't my fault. My mate's, he didn't. He just said, it was a sin, I did it, and I was wrong. And so I said to him, you are forgiven. The sin is forgiven, and you're cleansed from that. Some people might think it's very arrogant for us as Christians to be able to forgive sins. But when Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on his disciples, he said this, if you forgive the sins of any, their sins are forgiven. So as Christians, please have the confidence to speak up To people who are with you, who are broken, who are humble, contrite is another word. If people are like that, with that heart that's humare, if they're like that, have the confidence to say to them, I know your sins are forgiven. I reassure you. I've got the power and the authority to tell you, God has forgiven you because you have up. There is a cure for sin. Lots of Bible teachers begin by reading a Bible passage and then they explain it. Often I do the opposite, and here's why. When you hear the Bible passage, I want you to understand it. And if I explain it first, that will help. But the other good thing about it is, it means God gets the last word, which is pretty good if you think about it. This passage in the Bible that I'm reading from is called Dead to Sin, Alive to God. It's from Romans chapter 6 which is a letter that Paul wrote to young Christians. What then shall we say? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may increase? Certainly not. How can we who died to sin live in it any longer? Aren't you aware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that, as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with Him like this in His death, we will certainly also be united with Him in His resurrection. We know that our old self was crucified with Him so that the body of sin might be rendered powerless, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For anyone who's died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So, you too must count yourselves as dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. Do not present the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and present the parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master, for you are not under law, but under grace. You know there's a death coming to all of us, but the good thing is we get to pick. What do you want to do? Die to God or die to sin? Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church huntleybaptist.com